Welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast, episode number 234. My name is Mike Anello. And on today's podcast, we have interviews with Jess Snyder, all about Drupal nonprofits, and returning guest, Kaleem Clarkson, to talk about Drupal event organizers. Before we get to that, though, let me mention that we have a Composer Basics online workshop coming up. It's a split workshop over two days. It's seven total hours. So we'll do a half day on Monday, July 20th, and then the second half on Tuesday, July 21st. So head over to drupaleasy.com slash composerbasics, where you can get all the details about what is covered in that workshop, which, by the way, includes some really cool examples, including moving a site from the old Drupal Project Drupal Composer template to the new Drupal Core Recommended template, as well as what to do when you have a conflict in your composer.lock file. Again, you can check that out at drupaleasy.com slash composerbasics. Alrighty, let's get going. I'm here with Jess Snyder. Jess, how are you? I'm great. How are you today? Pretty good. So let me give the brief introduction and then ask you for the extended introduction. Sure. Um, I invited you on the show today because I became aware uh, that you are one of the organizers of kind of like the Drupal nonprofit, and I'm going to use the word community, which you might say is too big of a word. Um, I know specifically you're one of the organizers of something called the nonprofit Drupal chat or Drupal nonprofit chat or some variation of those three words. Yes. And I thought this might be a good opportunity to talk to you about Drupal and nonprofits and um, in general, as well as find out about what this, you know, Drupal chat for nonprofits is. Sure. That's kind of my plan. That sounds like a good plan. Before we get to that, though, let's find out a little bit about you. According to your Drupal.org page, you are, and I don't know if this is still accurate. If not, you're going to have to update your Drupal.org page, a senior manager at Web Systems. For It's either WETA or WETA, because I think you told me that you work at a radio station. Yes, it is WETA. We are the uh, public broadcasting station for uh, Washington, D.C., PBS on television and classical music on the radio. All right. So you, as the senior manager of Web Systems, that makes it sound like you are in charge of the Drupal site for WETA. Yes, it is a fancy made-up nonprofit title. That, oh, uh, fantastic. Yes, yes. If I can't pay you in big bucks, they pay you in fancy titles. Pretty much. That's how that's how it works in nonprofit land. Um, but yeah, I, I am responsible for our Drupal sites. I do all of the back end work on them. I build them. I maintain them. Um, I keep them up and running. Uh, I pretty much do everything but content. I can do content if I have to, but I don't like it. <laughs> right. How did you get there? Like, how did, like, what is your background in, you know, CS or some other background? Like, what was your kind of Drupal journey like? Um, So my background is in medieval British history. That is what my uh, uh, bachelor's degree is in. Uh, Of course. Yes, of course. Of course it is. Um, You know, nonprofit, uh, the nonprofit tech community is full of uh, what we like to call accidental techies, people who sort of fall into it because the, the nonprofit world is willing to uh, let you learn as, as you go along. So uh, WETA hired me a really long time ago um, uh, with the understanding that I would learn HTML. And I did, and I liked it. 
So uh, I, I did moved around a little bit. I uh, started doing Drupal for them in about 2007 uh, with Drupal 5. Uh, we moved the weta.org website from a uh, homegrown CMS to Drupal. Um, and then we moved it to Drupal 7 in 2013. And I am currently working on moving it to Drupal 8, probably going to be Drupal 9 before it gets launched. But that's where we are. So along the way, you are, or you're, it sounds like you're basically you know, self-taught. Pretty much, yes. Uh, they, they sent me to a two-day HTML class and a two-day PHP class. And I've been taking trainings and such along the way and learning things. I've had a, a few really great mentors who have taught me all, all sorts of stuff, a um, whole lot of trial and error. But yeah, I've, I've grown up in Drupal. So at what point did you realize that there's this whole other group, uh, or maybe not other group, but this whole group of Drupal folks who also work with nonprofit sites? Oh, goodness. Was that early on? Was that, that, was, like va- that was pretty early on. I, I so, so far back, I couldn't even really remember. I haven't been organizing it that long, but I have been involved in it um, I pr- pretty much from near the beginning, I would say. Yeah, I remember that, um, not from a nonprofit standpoint, but very early on when I started in Drupal, which is maybe only a year earlier than you or so, somewhere the same, mm-hmm. you know, for all intents and purposes, about the same time. Um, it was, uh, and I had, I had a couple of clients that were um, either library systems or organizations that help train librarians. And, you know, from the very, one of the very first community things I realized about Drupal was there was a whole group about, you know, Drupal for libraries or, yes. you know, and then this whole group of librarians who talk about what modules to use with Drupal that are good for libraries and things like that. So it sounds like from the very, very beginning, you were at least involved in that somewhat for nonprofits. Yes, yes, definitely. Both the nonprofits group and I've been fortunate that I'm based in the DC area here and there's a, a very large and vibrant Drupal community locally here um, that that I've been able to be involved with pretty much from the beginning. And you have a pretty good uh, you have a pretty good Drupal event every year as well. We do, we do. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> gonna look a little different this year, but <laughs> yeah, that is as so always. GovCon, yeah, GovCon is uh, uh, has it been announced that it's definitely virtual. Um, yes, I believe it's on the, the website. Um, it's going to be virtual and it's going to be in September this year because it was originally supposed to be the week after what DrupalCon Global moved to. And that would have been silly. So. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So like like just about every other Drupal event that I'm aware of in 2020, that one has gone virtual as yes. well. All right. So let's talk about Drupal and nonprofits for a few minutes. Definitely. And let's kind of give like the very basics. Are there, you know, like what are some of the unique needs for nonprofit Drupal sites that, you know, well, focus on the word unique that maybe not all Drupal sites, um, you know, uh, utilize? That's actually a really hard question because nonprofits are not like this monolithic entity. Every nonprofit has a slightly different focus and slightly different needs. And they run the gamut from, uh, you know, they've got one, two, one or two permanent staff people to being, you know, international, multinational organizations with, you know, staffs of thousands. So, um, you know, it's really hard to say. Um, I, I would say that 
one of the things that makes nonprofits different is that we do tend to, to manage our sites in-house with in-house staff. Um, and so it's important, you know, we, we, we don't have the funds necessarily to just sort of be able to hand it off to an agency to support. Um, you know, I know at, at WETA, we're working with an agency to help us with our initial build of, of this Drupal 8 site. And we hope to have an ongoing relationship with them going forwards. But for the most part, once this thing is built and launched, it's going to um, fall on me to maintain it. So as a nonprofit person, I need to be fully aware of how my site works from top to bottom um, and, and be able to have a full understanding of it and be able to work in it and manipulate it and potentially change it as it grows and changes and ours, our, my organization's needs grow and change over the life cycle of the site. So I would say that is one thing that is um, perhaps unique to nonprofits. The other thing that is probably slightly more unique to nonprofits than other types of Drupal sites is um, integrations with third-party providers, particularly um, content relationship management systems, ECRMs, um, you know, your, your database of donors. Uh, the website is a... Uh, prime mechanism for uh, developing that list. Um, even if you're not running your donations specifically through the Drupal site, and we don't, we use a, a third-party provider for the actual raising of the money. Um, you know, we do have numerous places on the site where people fill out forms and they give us their email address and we want that email address to go into our uh, CRM so that we can then hit them up for money later. Um, and, and that's a definitely... I think a prime uh, use case in the nonprofit world that is perhaps not quite as relevant um, for a not nonprofit site. So that seems like it's it, you're using like I'm going to assume something like Webform as a lead generation tool, but then upon submission, that data needs to flow into whatever backend system is managing donors. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, I got it right in the first try. <laughs> um, the other thing that struck me about what you just said was it seems like a big part of, and I guess I'm, I'm sort of using air quotes here, um, a big part of like the Drupal nonprofit community is less, I shouldn't say less about the technology, but I was going to say it's a lot of it seems to be more about um, just kind of being like like-minded support group almost. Like you're these folks who work for no nonprofits um, who you almost have to be like a jack of all trades when it comes to, comes to your site. You have to know how to keep modules updated, how to keep core updated, how to add new features, how to train folks on on you know adding content. Um, so just that aspect where it would seem like for a lot of folks who are managing a nonprofit Drupal site, they need to have a lot of hands in all of the cookie jars. That's a terrible analogy. But. <laughs> It's a terrible analogy, but I, I, I did get where you were going with that. And uh, yeah, I, I would say that's true. Um, I, I would say that the monthly calls that we hold, um, that are sponsored by N10, which is the, the Nonprofit Technology Network. I think that's what it stands for. Um, they've used the acronym only for a very long time. Um, 
is a place for nonprofit staff and for uh, agency folk who work with a lot of nonprofits to come together and share what's on their minds, share best practices. If they've got a, a, a sort of a naughty problem they're, they're dealing with to find out if anybody else has dealt with that and already come up with a solution um, to ask the question they're afraid to ask anywhere else. I like to think we're a, a friendly ear. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's primarily what I think the community serves is, is a way of a sort of a virtual gathering place because uh, it can also be a bit lonely uh, being a nonprofit staff person. Uh, very often you're the only person in your organization who does what you do uh, for assorted reasons. So is that monthly chat, is that kind of a standalone thing or is there also like a Slack channel where nonprofit folks gather? So there are a few places where we gather. There's the monthly chat. Um, we have a channel on Drupal Slack, um, hashtag nonprofits. And then we also have uh, an old school mailing list that is run through n10.org. You can find it at nten.org slash Drupal. Wow. Old school mailing list. That is. It's uh, technically an online forum at this point. It's gone through a couple of iterations, but it mainly functions <laughs> as a mailing list. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. And then um, I think we talked via, or not didn't talk, but we exchanged some emails um, where I incorrectly assumed you were part of like one of the organizers of the DrupalCon uh, non or the, the DrupalCon nonprofit summits that are held uh, regularly. Uh, but that's not actually the case, but um, I'm going to assume it's, you know, the folks who are on the monthly chats or in the Slack channel are generally the same group of folks that come to the the um, the DrupalCon summits? Yes, yes. So the, the summit, and you are not alone. Everybody always thinks I, I help organize the summit. And I, I don't, and I, I, I want to make sure that I give the people who do credit. Um, it is uh, organized by one of my fellow co-moderators of that N10 Drupal community, Johanna Bates of Dev Collaborative. Um, and she is joined this year in organizing it with by uh, Clayton Dewey, who is also of Dev Collaborative, um, and Molly Burns. Um, and the three of them are doing you know, all of the work necessary to, to put on what looks to be a, a really great event this year. Um, well, you're doing some marketing. Virtual. I am doing some marketing. I, I am a nonprofit summit organizer adjacent. Um, <laughs> and figure as long as I'm here, I might as well talk about it a little bit because I'm certain I'm an attendee and I'm very much looking forward to it. So is it just a bit like, like so how is is there structure normally? Is, is there like breakout groups or how, how is it organized? So normally it's a full day um, at, with the panels and breakouts and plenty of time for networking and, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and it's a really great way to be in the same room with people who are very, you know, like sort of in your very specific small part of the Drupal community, because the Drupal community is massive, and especially at DrupalCon, it, it can be um, a bit difficult to, to find uh, your, your, your like people. Um, and, and it's just always also really great because the panels or the presentations are very nonprofit focused. Um, in the, the larger DrupalCon sessions are great, but they tend to be more abstract and more about the code. Um, whereas you know, within the nonprofit summit, you get to see like real case studies of organizations like you um, doing things with the types of tools that you have access to. 
And, and that's oh, so, so helpful. Yeah, case studies are amazing, but they're so difficult to put a good one together. Exactly. And I think because if you're trying to make a case study fit all of Drupal, that's that's very, very difficult. But if you're talking a case study about nonprofits and your audience is nonprofits, um, it's much easier to, to, to put that together. Um, you know, this year, because it's all virtual, it's all going to be condensed down to two hours. So it's oh, my. Going, yes. Yes. So it's, it's going to be an intense dose of, of nonprofit summiting. Um, but I, I've seen a draft of the schedule uh, because I know people. And uh, it, <laughs> it is looking like it's going to be a, a really, really good event. Um, the highlight of it is going to be a panel discussion about the life cycle of the Drupal site. Um, which, as I mentioned earlier, as a nonprofit staff person, I, I own my site. I, you know, I, I just born, I take it all the way through until it is time for it to metamorphose into some other type of site. Um, and it's really important for anybody working um, at a nonprofit or with nonprofits to, to understand that life cycle. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that part of the, the day. Um, but then there are also going to be some breakout sessions and, and lightning talks. And I think it's just going to be a, a really good event. Oh, fantastic. So let me ask you, since you have been in this space for well over a decade, <laughs> uh, which, you know, when, people, when, when I think about like myself being in Drupal for well over a decade, in, in some ways it seems like longer because it's been so long since I've like really focused on anything else. But then, you know, over a decade seems, you know, it's a significant portion of our lives. So. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> before I fall too, down, down, too far down that rabbit hole, um, over time, do you think that Drupal's use in nonprofit organizations has been fairly steady ha- or has, has it gone up with, you know, Drupal 6, 7, 8, and, you know, and then maybe like break out the crystal ball and like how – you know, are we on the right, is Drupal on the right path for nonprofits? I know there's a lot there, but. There, there is a lot there. Um, I would say that within nonprofits, use of Drupal is actually declining right now. Um, Drupal 8. So, you, you know, I'm going to ask why. Yes. And I'm about, I am about to explain. Um, Drupal 8 brings with it um, really, Drupal 8 is a lot harder to get started on than any previous version of Drupal has been. It requires more resources. It requires more in-depth technological skill, more programming knowledge. Um, It's just a a much different system than Drupal 7, 6, 5 have been. Um, It is a lot harder for someone who is, you know, the only tech person in their shop to just sort of spin it up and play with it and see if it'll work and have a, a site that they can actually use for as their organization's website um, in, for Drupal 8 than it has been uh, to do that similarly for 7, 6. It's just, um, it's a lot harder. I I think that there are a lot of improvements that have come with Drupal 8, but I I think that we do need to acknowledge that it is a a much more complex system that requires really a lot more background knowledge to even get started 
on it. Um, and a lot more resources in terms of hosting um, and, and things like that. And so I, I, it hasn't done a been it hasn't done a good job. Drupal as an as an organization has not done a good job of making that learning curve less steep and making it more accessible uh, for nonprofits, particularly smaller ones. Um, who have just as complex needs as, as the big guys, but um, don't necessarily have the manpower or the resources to invest in, in the ramp up required to have a, a truly good functioning Drupal 8 site. Yeah, I think that is something that most of the community acknowledges that, that, is, that that's a weakness of, you know, for, the, for Drupal, you know, for, and whether you want to refer to Drupal, you know, when, when I say Drupal, I mean both the software and the community. Um, it's a weakness, you know, that we're aware of and that, you know, I've seen, you know, documented that that is a priority for Drupal moving forward to make it easier for people to, um, you know, to try out and to use and to get started with. Um, but I don't think there's been any, you know, huge leaps in that area yet. Right, I think that you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk, there's some action, but there there hasn't been any like huge leaps where someone in you know someone like you just described, someone who is the the kind of the lone wrangler for a Drupal site for a small nonprofit, where you know they're suddenly going to completely change your tune and say, oh, now this is easy to use. Yeah, uh, you know, and it makes me sad. I've I've been in Drupal for a very long time, as as we've said. Um, and I, I see these nonprofits who, uh, you know, have to choose and a lot of them are going towards WordPress or other solutions that are not as good of a fit for their needs, but don't require as much, as many resources or, or as intense a build as a Drupal site needs now. In general, what happens is, is that really becoming like the a choice between, you know, a site, a, a Drupal 8 site that's going to cost more to implement versus some other CMS that's going to cost a lot less, but you're going to have to give up a lot of features. Is that like where the decision is, is landing? That's what it seems like to me. And, and I certainly can't speak for all of nonprofit land, um, but that that is from, from what I'm hearing, um, particularly from uh, the people I know at agencies who work with a lot of nonprofits who work not exclusively in Drupal, Drew, who work, you know, who have, who work in WordPress, who work in, in other CMSs. Um, well, what I'm hearing is that a lot of nonprofits are choosing um, to go with, go the easier route. All right. Well, let's, let's turn this around a little bit because this is a little <laughs> bit doom and gloom, but yes. that's okay. <laughs> it's reality and we don't want to, you know. Um, so I, I want to ask you about like, so what could be improved? You know, I have this this question written down. You know, moving forward, what would you know folks in the nonprofit sector like to see in you know Drupal nine point one, nine point two, nine point three to make things easier for them? And it sounds like we already know what the first one is. It it needs to be you know more approachable, easier to test out, easier to get up and running. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm guessing, you know, some of that has to do with, you know, composer. Some of that probably has to do with the fact that all of the code is now object oriented. 
Um, but you know, what else? What else is there that you know? May, maybe there's some low hanging fruit. Yeah, I mean, and I, I I agree that this is something that Drupal as a community has been aware of um, for a while and has been tr- attempting to deal with not just for nonprofits but generally, um, like the whole uh, umami um, uh, demo, so that you can at least you know try it out and see what a site might look like, even if it's not your site. Um, and the the uh, the attempts that have been made to make just straight up installing Drupal a whole lot less complicated. Um, you know, the, those are, are some very, very low-hanging fruit. Um, I think that as 8 has gotten more mature, um, and as it's now even turning into 9, if, as long as there's not a drop in that maturity, um, I think that is also helpful because I know for a very long time, if a, if a nonprofit was going to go to Drupal 8, that was coming with it, you'd have to write a whole lot of custom code because they're just, contrib wasn't there. Um, right. You know, yeah. it, it, if we're going to go back in the day, it reminded me very much of the Drupal 6 release where 6 came out and great, you couldn't do anything with it because right. there was no, there were no contrib modules. Um, so, I mean, there's always going to be special cases where you have to do custom, always. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm in public media. I have a lot of uh, things that I need to do on my site that are very, very specific to public media, integrating with PBS, integrating with NPR. You know, the only other sites that are going to do that are other not public media websites. So I, I don't expect there to be, um, you know, a, a huge Drupal community wait, just waiting to build that for me. Um, though I have found people and, and collaboration is wonderful. Um, but when it's basics, basic stuff requiring custom work, that is a huge barrier. So I, I think as long as contrib keeps up and core continues to move things in from contrib into core so that you really do have much more of a turnkey solution, I think that will help so much. So what I'm hearing is that maybe the, and this is a, I don't know if this is a terrible way to say it or a great way to say it. So I'm just going to say it. <laughs> um, maybe the worst is behind us, right? Because moving from seven to eight, you know, not just nonprofits, it was a big shift for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all, pretty much all custom modules had to be rewritten, um, possibly re-architected for Drupal 8. Um, but with new semantic versioning and the fact that Drupal 9 is basically the same as Drupal 8.9 minus deprecations, um, you know, combine that with the fact that, you know, we're building much better tools to upgrade modules. You know, we, we talked to Ted Bowman a few episodes back about the project update bot that basically automatically creates patches to help modules go from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9. Um, so maybe the worst of of it is behind us. You know, we've done all this hard work and we knew we were going to take a hit going from seven to eight. But now that we're, you know, now that nine is out and um, a lot of, you know, contrib modules are going to be able to move, you know, release a Drupal 9 version fairly, again, relatively easily compared to past major Drupal um, uh, releases. You know, maybe we're, we're on the upslope we just don't really realize it yet because it's been so difficult for nonprofits the past few years moving to Drupal 8. Is that a possibility? 
I, I think so. Um, I think that the change in the re the release cycle is a huge selling point. I mean, you know, I I had to uh, my boss got an email about preparing for Drupal nine, and we haven't even released on eight yet. And he's like, "Oh my god, are we going to have to rebuild the site again?" And I was like, "No, no. This is this is now." going to be easy sailing from here on out because, you know, 8.9 is going to be exactly the same as 9.0. And we just, you know, with just like a little bit taken out and it'll be, it'll be fine. We don't have to rebuild the site from scratch every four years anymore. Um, and, and that's, that's huge. That is a wonderful, wonderful thing because it allows nonprofits who are very budget conscious to be able to plan it out and, you know, rebuild the site when it makes sense for them, not because they have to, because the technology is no longer supported. So that's great. Um, I, I think that the other thing that is uh, very much, it, it's good. I think that all of these changes are very much in Drupal's favor. I think that Drupal as a community has a lot of work to do in terms of marketing um, and letting people know that it's changed um, because I don't think that word is necessarily getting out. Um, and, and as long as Drupal maintains this reputation of being very, very, very difficult to start, um, that is is going to be a huge barrier to entry. All right. I think that's a good, it's, it's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a negative place to mm -hmm. leave it, but I think that's a good place to leave it. Yes. Because it's almost like a call to action at the end of, a, of an article. It's a big green button. That, that basically <laughs> it's a big says, donate button. To, a big <laughs> donate, Yeah. All right. Well, very good, Jess. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to guess, and correct me, if, correct me if I'm wrong, if there are folks listening to this who are involved with nonprofits who have not been involved in the Drupal nonprofit community, um, would well, let me just ask you, what's the best first step? Should they join the Slack channel? Should they join the monthly chat? Like, What's the best first thing that they can do to kind of get plugged into um, like-minded folks? So probably the best first thing to do would be to go to uh, n10, slash Drupal um, and sign up for ye old school mailing list there. Wow, you went right to the mailing list. I That's am going awesome. right to the mailing list. But the reason why I'm doing that is because that is where we announce the monthly call every month. Um, okay. And so that's an easy way of getting notified when, when it's happening. It's the third Thursday of the month at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, whatever that works out to in your time zone. Um, and the call-in details for that can always be found at n10.org slash Drupal slash notes, which is our collaborative note-taking document where we record uh, what we've talked about every month. Um, and if you're, you're curious, you can page back. And I think it goes back to something ridiculous like 2012 or 2013. Um, so you can go back in time. Um, but the, yeah, those are the two places that, that I would say to go first. We do have, uh, the hashtag nonprofits channel on Drupal Slack. Is there a dash in that? Nope. It's all one word. Um, and we do have a community page on Drupal.org, um, at Drupal.org slash community slash nonprofits. I want to say that's what it is. I'll check uh, and I'll put the right one in there. Yes. Yes. That would be helpful. Thank you. Um, we announced the call there as well, um, but uh, I would say the, the starting place would would actually be the old school mailing list. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to ask I'm going to ask the question that I, that first popped into my mind is this is this a mailing list where you can get like a weekly digest, or you're going to be bombarded with 40 emails a day from it? 
Yes, you can get either every email individually, you can get a daily digest, or you can get a weekly digest. Uh, it's not it's not crazy active. Well, it sounds like it's good for announcements. It is very good for announcements. And it's also good uh, if you have a question that is a little bit too complicated to put in a Slack message. It's very, you know, you can put it there and you'll you'll reach all of the people in the community and somebody will write back. Might be me. <laughs> all right. Very good. Well, Jess, thanks again for your time. Hopefully uh, we will run into each other in a future, um, uh, you know, physical location yes. <laughs> at some point. At some so point. Probably. Probably 2021 or later. Um, I can't imagine living in Washington, D.C. right now is uh, is a whole lot of fun. So, uh, yeah. Eh, Stay strong. (laughs) (laughs) Are you actually in the district or are you outside? I am outside. I'm just across the river uh, in Virginia. So Yeah, I have a lot of friends in that area. I spent a lot of time – when I, I went to college down south, and I, you know, I was from the Northeast, and I would drive back and forth, and I'd always stop halfway at my friends in DC, and so I spent a lot of time uh, in DC, and I, I absolutely love it. It's a great, well, other than like being in the car, like if I, you know, oh well, yeah, <laughs> driving in DC, oh my god, I don't know how anybody like lives there and commutes by car and stays sane. It's been great lately because everybody's at home. <laughs> do you have to go into work no no we we have been uh we we have been at home since mid-march is the beltway traveling at full speed pretty much yeah oh my gosh that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> all right before okay i can ask you we can have a whole like uh living in dc conversation but let's 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 end <laughs> this here so thank you jess very much for your time thank you Before we get to my conversation with Kaleem Clarkson, let me tell you about Drupal Career Online. This is our flagship training program. It takes course over a period of 12 weeks, roughly three half days a week, and the next semester begins August 31st. Now, this class covers everything you need to become a professional Drupal developer. We start you off with Composer. There's some Git. There's a lot of information architecture, site building, a week on module development, a week on theme development, everything you need to build a strong foundation for building Drupal 8 and 9 sites. If you want to learn more about it, we have a free information webinar. We do that three times over the roughly the next month on July 22nd, August 12th, and August 26th. So you can sign up for any of those for free. Just head over to drupaleasy.com slash DCO. For Drupal Career Online. Kaleem Clarkson, welcome back to the Drupal Easy Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for uh, having me. Yeah, it's been almost a year and a half since you were on talking about the same topic, talking about the Drupal Event Organizers Group. So figured it was a good opportunity to see what what you've been up to. Yeah, man, just just surfing, really. Surfing the waves. You know, just trying to <laughs> just trying to ride it out. Are things so well organized that that that's what, that you don't have to do anything anymore? It's just kind of <laughs> it goes on its own. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Uh, I wish I have actually. There is this the group of people that we've put together are you know a lot of people are, would probably recognize their names. So it's it's definitely um, it's definitely kind of I don't want to say intimidating, but it's it's definitely a uh, a well well organized group of people. Let's put it that way. Everybody runs camps, so everybody 
meets deadlines. So it's it's been kind of uh, it's been great actually working with these groups of people. So yeah, so it's been about what a year and a half. Yeah, about a year and a half. So let's start okay. off with just a little reminder for folks as to what the Drupal Event Organizers Group does. Okay, we're, we are a group of international organizers that basically provide resources to other event organizers. You know, plain and simple, about a year and a half ago, I had this wild idea that maybe we should all get together occasionally and try to figure out, um, you know, come to some figure out how we could help each other really you know I'm, i i was i've been assisting and running drupal camp atlanta now for a while and um you know a lot of people are doing some great things so that's that's kind of where the call to action came from so on the on the official page on drupal.org um when we'll have the link in the show notes for the event organizers group the goals that are listed are resources and tools to help plan an event and from what I've gathered, and I've kind of been, you know, flittering around the the edges of of this group, um, but it sounds like in the past year the group has managed to put together some some document resources as far as like best practices and things like that. And it sounds like there's now starting to be some momentum towards some technical resources as well. Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, I, I guess first let me say that. The big accomplishment since the year and a half has been um, has has really been us organizing, and I would have to say that that has been probably ninety percent of what's been accomplished over the past year and a half. And what I mean by organizing is, originally we we just started hopping on zooms, um, just as organizers, just to hop on zooms. I mean, there was there was no official official thing, but you know, one of the things that I was I've been very passionate about is like, hey, you know us as event organizers, we're, we're very responsible for a lot of, um, you know, contributors first time experiences and maybe we should be a working group. So that was really um, a lot of the work. Uh, we, we, we all decided we put together a board of directors um, and then we wrote the charter. Uh, that took, that took a lot of time. That took almost, you know, six, six months probably. Um, you, you've been involved with these, with these working groups. It's a lot of work to put together. The charter, and thank you for your charter, because or, or not your charter, but um, the community working group. I believe you guys had a charter that we kind of used as an outline. Yeah, those charters. I mean, they. <laughs> it's they hard. It, yeah, it's hard, and it seems until you're in the thick of it, it doesn't like you don't really realize how important it is. Yeah. But it really, you know, it's a document that is a public document that is the guiding principles for the group. Absolutely. So, right? If you're ever yeah. if you're trying to decide if you should do something and the the group isn't sure, you go back to the charter. And you say, well, is this in our charter? Is this something we, you know, we decided long ago or maybe not so long ago that we want to, you know, have under our purview. So these charter documents and the fact that they are that they're public, um, you know, they're really important. And so, yeah, yeah, they should take a lot of time because you really got to think about this stuff. I'm not a very, like, I I, I can write okay, but I don't consider myself like a, you know, an unbelievable writer. But let me tell you, like, Avi is is really talented. And he just took the, he took the reins. I mean, obviously we all had a lot of input. Um, And he's, he's out of mid camp and he's 
been elected as the vice president of the board. And we'll, I guess we can get to that a little bit later. Just so folks who are listening, that's Avi Schwab from Avi, Thank you. Sorry. Um, Avi, Avi kind of led the whole charge with, 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 with taking ownership and with these, especially with these group of people um, and, and you experience this too, when you have um, individuals who are dedicated to like getting stuff done, you know, it, it makes it so much easier. So we were, we were meeting every other week, um, you know, just the leadership team and, and hammering out these different sections and just the mission statement. It's a one sentence mission statement with, <laughs> it was not a very easy thing to do. Every word is important. Every word is important. And um, it was just, we got a lot of work to do still. It's a living document. So um, I would say that that's really our big accomplishment of 2020 was submitting the charter. Um, I'm sorry, 2019 was submitting the charter and then um, being able to submit that to Drees and the Drupal Association. And to be able to be approved at, um, you know, to, to be recognized and accepted as um, an official working group. So the, the Drupal event organizers is, a, is an official working group now. Um, and I don't know, maybe you can talk a little bit more about like what, you know, what that means as far as being a working group, because you, you've been part of, of, of one as well. But it was a biggest, a big accomplishment, seeming that we just started meeting not, about a year right before that. Um, in my right. opinion, I thought it was, I thought it was a very, you know, the Drupal Association was great. They listened to us right away. Um, they, I mean, they obviously believe in it as well. Well, it's the, it's the difference between an ad hoc group and an official group, right? When you when when that charter you know is written and everybody signs off on it, um, this group is now the official group of event organizers. So as you know, as the DA or as other folks need information or have requests or are looking for resources about event organizing. This is where they go now. This is, you know, it is official that this is now under, you know, the group's purview. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now that you're saying that, and I'm not trying, I won't get emotional on this call, Michael. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I won't do that. Lucky for you. It's only audio. Yes. But yeah, now that you kind of say, yeah, it was, it was. um, And again, I, I say this out of, out of respect of everyone that's on the group. Seeing everyone's faces and names of, of people that you know I've gone to sessions and watched present over years and who are organizers themselves, it's 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 a group that that as a beginner, like a, if you're thinking about creating an event right now, and 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 you're in whatever area of the world, you know you can join these calls with us, and you can now talk to any organizer who's been organizing, maybe some of the bad camp organizers who's been organizing that thing for 10 years, Florida camp yourself. I mean, instant resources just by, you know, going online, going on the Slack and then joining the meeting. And I just find that so powerful, you know? Yeah. That was one of the primary goals that's actually listed is, you know, to establish that community of organizers Yeah, you know, to facilitate that, that information sharing. So yeah, we became official working group with with our with our board the, in in um, last year at DrupalCon Amsterdam. It was announced, and since then, um, really, what we've been trying to do was establish a, an official board. You know, like we 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 had kind of like a, a charter board of, of people that kind of like um, 
that that wrote the charter. But then we kind of wanted to have a true official board that started in January. And, you know, obviously with with changes in how the world have uh, has, has changed since then, um, it was really hard to get like people, all of us together from around the world. And that was the other thing. We really wanted to have um, a lot more representation from around the world. You know, we didn't we don't want to be North American heavy um, on this on this organizers group. It's, it's really critical that we have people from 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 different parts of the world, you know? Um, so that was a really tough, tough thing was to be able to find some of those people. So we, we made some decisions where we um, decided to, to expand the number of board members um, and we extended a call. And actually I think the call ended last Monday and there's a good amount of international um, people who, who are interested. So, so now we, you know, definitely there's an opportunity for us to add, you know, two more people outside of North America and, and have this, you know, a truly rep- representative group. The other thing that, you know, just for myself personally, as, as kind of the, you know, um, ad hoc lead right now, like, you know, I've never really been a part of international teams and time zones. So, you know, for me, I, you know, I'm, you know, I kind of Americanize the time and, you know, switching over to UTC time and alternating meetings. Now we've decided to open, you know, as far as all of our open meetings, um, we just decided uh, last meeting as a board that that we are going to alternate the public meetings um, on and, and and market all of these meetings on UTC time, just like, you know, the Drupal Association has been doing as well. So our next meeting we'll, we'll do at, you know, 11, uh, you know, at, at 12 p.m. UTC and then at 12 a.m. UTC, um, just so that there's opportunities for people to join on opposite ends of the time zones. It's nice to, to rotate the time just so it's not always in the middle of the night, but just by the fact that you are surfacing the time in UTC, you're signaling to the community that we're not trying to make this US centric. We're trying to make this, you know, a worldwide thing. So we're not going to give you times in Eastern time or, or Pacific time. We're going to give UTC and, 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 and rotate it between these two UTC times. I think that's an important, you know, an important like little thing that that means a lot. And I didn't realize that. I was in. The, I was like, well, what matters? I mean, everyone has to use the time, buddy. Regardless. Exactly. <laughs> and it was Batty. Thank you, Batty. Thank you. I believe it was Batty and and Avi as well. He's always like, well, no, Kaleem, like you know. So it's it's about being educated. I always I've always believed like with any diversity and inclusion initiatives, you just have to be willing to be educated, you know. Um, and, and basically, I got I got educated on, on something that simple can make such a big big impact. So let's talk about um, well, we, you mentioned the board, and that's going to be kind of like the the, the leadership of the uh, of the group. But there's also an advisory board. So what role will the advisory board play? Everything. One of the things we talked about as a group, what you know, was really trying to figure out a way to have secession planning. I think a lot of I think Drupal. I think we've all been kind of talking about it a lot. Um, and, and hopefully it becomes more in the front of, you know, adding new, new members to the Drupal community, but like who who are going to be the next people to kind of take the reins and, and, and advisory committees are great, um, great places to, to, to begin those relationships, you know, because, you know, it's hard for someone to just jump in who hasn't been to any meetings, has really no context of what the event, I'm not saying that's not possible. But we, we, we kind of feel like there are times where, where people are really interested, but maybe they can't commit to all of the meetings, you know, that, that you, know, we're, we're, you know, we're probably going to implement a requirement to be on the board. 
I don't believe it's there yet, but I believe we're talking, you know, going to implement that. But um, so, yeah, the advisory board, we're really looking for people who are willing to commit, but like maybe they can't attend all of the meetings, but they would, you know, attend some of these these meetings and provide us with some advice, you know, like especially, um, you know, maybe some of the event planners from over at Drupal Europe, how they how they did that years ago. Um, you know, how, so we just want as many um, opportunities for people to be involved. Um, so we feel like the advisory board is, is, is perfect for this. You see the advisory board as kind of an on-ramp to uh, the board. Yeah, I would, I would see it as an on-ramp to the board. But in addition to that, like some people may just not want to be board members just because they're never going to have that time. You know, like you're a very busy person yourself. You're on another working group. But we, you know, um, I'm not saying you specifically, but that's just an example. There are a lot of people who are, who are very busy, who can't commit, who could give us a lot of great advice, right you now. Um, right. And, and maybe those are people who manage other events outside of Drupal that happen to be in the Drupal community. Um, myself, I came from higher ed, so I did a lot of higher ed conferences previously. So, you know, there, there are people out there that we could definitely, um, you know, learn from. And that's what I would say that that's where they are. All right. Let's move away from the organizational side of this. And let's talk about kind of the, the, the boots on the ground um, stuff. So I'm aware of a couple of things that the group has done to help event organizers. Um, so I do want to, I want to see if, you know, I'm probably missing some stuff. Um but let's start with what, uh, you know, it's kind of a big deal on Drupal.org, this new Drupal event listing or, or database um, yeah. that exists. And I don't know how many people actually know about it, but if you go to, you know, Drupal.org slash community slash events, there's a new um, Drupal event calendar and there's a lot happening behind the scenes with it. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how that came about? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I have to give it up to, um, you know, early, early during these, these, these calls, you know, when we first started, you know, very first call, like I, I remember people mentioning certain topics and I believe Mike Herschel um, for Lullabot had, had, was very passionate about, you know, utilizing, you know, a, an event space that we could all um, benefit from. And it kind of evolved over time. And Rachel from the Drupal Association has just done a magnificent job of hearing what we have to say um, and, and putting that, going back to the Drupal Association and putting that into action and with with DrupalCal. So we, if you don't know about DrupalCal, DrupalCal um, is a place that you can go to see all of the Drupal events, right? Now, the reason why most of us have used DrupalCal in the past is because, well, you know, the meetup events, or what was it? Was it the community space? Was it events.drupal.org? Yeah, it was on groups. Yeah, it was on groups. And what they so geniusly did, if you can remember his name, I can't remember the, the team's name that created Jupiter on that right now. They just uh, they just, you know, pulled pulled from an RSS feed and just made it made it digestible. Um and and, and pretty. <laughs> exactly. Um so so basically out of these conversations, what we talked about is we talked about data and you know, data's king, and we talked about you know, um, for some of you who do not know this, there's a whole bunch of benefits to joining the the, um, the the Drupal events working group, but one of them, or the Slack, and the first thing I joined, again, 
was this spreadsheet. Someone posted this spreadsheet. Right, the Drupal event spreadsheet. The Drupal event spreadsheet. It's a Google Doc. And I was just floored that this thing even exist, existed. Like, basically, I had all the dates of camps that were, that, that were being planned and previous dates. So as an organizer, we all know you don't want to take someone else's date. It was crazy that it was a Google sheet. It was. It's. It's. It's it so still is. silly. It's yeah, still it's is crazy. Oh, it's the best thing ever invented, and 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 it lists like. No, it's you not. know it is it is because imagine <laughs> if it wasn't, I'd already upset some people by moving the camp on dates. But if you didn't have that, you know, you really were setting yourself up for failure, and you just didn't know, you know. So so. Basically, and, and what we're talking about to clarify, it's a spreadsheet that people, somebody put together that people can enter the dates of their camp in, and they can also enter the dates of when they're planning, when it hasn't been announced. Not only that, you can see the dates from the previous years. It's just like a running list based on date. So you can look at, okay, Florida's gen- generally in February slash January. You know, so let's not, let's not mess with that. You know, like you don't want to, so anyway, um, out of that discussion and, and, and what we were talking about, that's what this new website is. Rachel had this idea along with all of us of creating a more um, robust data collection system that would allow us to collect important statistics. That was always like a, a real hot button topic for me. Yes. The fact that we did not have a central clearinghouse of knowing – how many people attended Drupal events in 2017? Correct. I mean, how powerful is that number? How powerful yeah. is that number? So we just started working on it. Rachel came to us with kind of her idea of fields we all had. I remember, we all had a huge opportunity to provide a lot of feedback on the type of fields. And it's, look, trust. We all get it. It's going to be very rough right now. It doesn't look great right now. But the idea is that we want to be able to have an API that people can tie into and maybe someone else will create something really awesome based off this, like they've done with Drupal cow, or, you know, maybe there's, there'll be a nice, you know, data analytics, you know, um, chart that someone at the association does based on, you know, cause we talked about a lot of things like, for example, revenue was a number that we wanted just necessarily like how much revenue did your camp generate? Um, just, you know, how many people attended, like what we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, and also the camps and planning, you know, th- this is also an idea to help us market and promote events. And that was where a lot of the passion came from in the beginning. It's like, you know, it would be great um, if, if we had a, a home website that shows upcoming events and features some of the keynote speakers. And, you know, um, even with the system, we have an opportunity to put in when our call for proposals are. So like, you know, the association is trying to help promote all our events as well. So now they can just go into this and say, Oh, they have, you know, these events have call for proposals that are now open. Well, forget about, forget about the DA. It would be great for, you know, (laughs) people who want to speak at events to be able to pull up a page on drupal.org and see what events are currently have open calls. Michael didn't even think of that. There you go. See you So many great That's the beauty for. of a strong information <laughs> architecture, I hear. That's the word on the street. I, I, I've heard about this thing. I heard about <laughs> this thing. So, yeah, that's that's a really big goal of ours. We hope that more camps. So if you're listening, go right now to drupal.org slash community slash events 
and into your events. We have to get as much data in this as possible, as much data. It's not about how great it looks today or what's in there. It's about collecting data so that if we ever want to pull, you know, if we need to market some things for sponsors and, you know, do some things, we all have some data that we can use together. You know, there, there's a link right on the page that says, how do I add an event? So if you are an event organizer, either current or past or future, go to drupal.org slash community slash events and add your, you know, lo- your, your local, your virtual, your present, your future, your past events. And let's get that data in so we can start doing cool things with it. Yep. I agree. Thank you so much for that. And then the, the other thing, so we'll move from the, the database. I would say that that's really like, that's a really big thing. And again, kudos to the Drupal Association for listening. Kudos for Rachel for, for, for um, and also Tim, I believe Tim has been helping out a lot with the development of this. So um, from the Drupal Association as well. So thank you guys a lot. And ladies, thank you uh, so much. The other thing that we've kind of, we've seen some, some progress on a little, a little momentum is this, this little, Drupal event website starter kit. Now, for those of you who don't know, I still use COD. And for those of <laughs> you who don't know what that is, it's this old school thing from Drupal 7 that's called the Conference Organizing Distribution. Okay? And I'm so addicted to it because, you know, it worked for what I needed to do. But unfortunately, there's no Drupal 8 version. <laughs> and and you know my my development skill set is site building front end and and so therefore it's like please we really 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 need this um this is this is the most in my opinion one of the most stressful things for any drupal event i'm starting to think that you started the event organizers group so you can get cod 8.0 or cod 9.0 now you know what michael listen am i on to you I, I I honestly believe that as long as we're all up front with our motivations, this world could be a much a much better place. <laughs> and you're absolutely correct, Michael. I started this group for one thing only, and that is why in the world can we not, as 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 organizers, look at some of these sites. Why can we not come together and build this simple thing that we can just go ahead and we all like yeah we why can't we just do this? So yes, you're absolutely right. You, you busted me. Um, so yeah, this is my passion. What's the progress? Like, where is that? Um, like, what's the progress of, of that at this point? Not COD 8.0, but the, the website starter kit. Yeah. So let's, let's rephrase. That is not the goal. That is not the goal to create COD 8.0. Um, but more or less, uh, a starter kit is just a much better phrase, I think, now, Michael. Don't you agree? Like, just basically something that can help you get going. So it seems like... Um, JD Leonard from Drupal NYC and and um, Drupal Europe. They Drupal Europe donated their code base um, from when they had um, Drupal Europe two years, three years ago. Now it's, time's flying, but um, so and that's based on Drupal eight. So what what JD decided to do was like, okay, well let's let's look at this code and start updating it. So you know, there's a there's a Drupal eight version of of an organizing website um, for events out there. And, you know, this is something I, you know, for me, as soon as we kind of get through as, as far as the board and get that situated, that that's where I, I would like to devote my personal time is, is making sure we can 
get all of us together and figure out a way to, to, to build something that's Wago pieces that, that, that help organizers. So is that, is that like a Drupal.org project at this point? Or is that kind of just someone's side project that they're working on on their own? I don't believe it is not a Drupal.org project yet. It is not. It is on um, GitHub. Um, I believe he has it posted. The link is posted in the events website starter kit room in the, the, the organizer Slack. But again, that's something that like it's going to take some leadership to, to get around and, and, and a team to get together. Like, you know, what do you call it? You know, like, you know, how many different basic modules? You, I mean, we've talked about this before, Mike, you know, creating the, the MVP list of things and then, and then putting it out there and, you know, maybe even paying a company to actually work on it if, if that's possible. Yeah, that was, you know, that was, again, that was kind of always my thinking um, when I was involved in the calls last year was... We are one of the few, if not the only, working group, you know, this Drupal event organizer working group with, you know, some type of access to financial resources. That's correct. You know, as one of the organizers of Florida Drupal Camp, or I should say one of the one of the past organizers of Florida Drupal Camp. Yes. I keep reminding uh, myself of that. Uh, someday, someday, Michael. Can't wait to someday. Do yeah. <laughs> Living the dream. But you know, I you know, I was always more than willing to, you know, if there was an effort to pay someone to build out, you know, maybe it's like the scheduling aspect of a website. If other if other camps wanted to go in on that, you know, I would be the first one to, you know, be talking to to the other Florida Drupal Camp organizers saying we should do this. We should I give agree. money and make this happen. And no one has has, you know, every time we've mentioned this. Not one organizer has really hesitated or not necessarily hesitated, but balked at that idea of, yeah, this is a need. Like what you're talking about is, is, is a need. And I'm, you know, it's just, it's just going to take resources and time. And I just think right now we're not quite, quite where we're at, but we're almost there, you know? Yeah. I think it's going to just take a flag bearer. Someone's going to have to, you know, step up and say, this is now my mission and, you know, do some PMing on it, do some marketing on it, do some fundraising on it. Um, I think if once, you know, one or two people kind of take the lead and start, you know, putting some time towards it, I think um, we'd all, we'll all be surprised at how quickly it happens. It's true. Because, I mean, this happened pretty quickly, too, right? Within just a year. So it's never – Drupal moves slow sometimes, but Drupal also moves very fast. <laughs> well, I think I think that's all on my list that I wanted to cover. Uh, did we miss anything? Uh, no, um, we will be um, solidifying our board. We have a board meeting on July 14th. Mm, DrupalCon week, very brave of you. Yes, yeah, select uh, select our final final board members because the, the, the nomination period is over. And we'll be doing, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure how soon, how quickly this will be posted, but we'll also be doing um, a lot of talks during DrupalCon. So just, you know, look out for a blog post coming out about all of the different um you know, talks that we're involved in uh, at DrupalCon. All right. So if you are an event organizer of any kind in the Drupal community and you're not involved in this event organizers group, definitely go to drupal.org slash community slash, uh-oh, oh, I lost it, uh, slash event dash organizers. So slash community slash event dash organizers. There's all kinds of information there about the Zoom calls, about the, the dedicated Slack instance, 
Um, there's an email newsletter. There's an issue queue. But um, if you're not involved with it, then you're missing out. And you're, it's more than just you're missing out on another volunteer opportunity, which, you know, event organizers usually are already volunteering a lot, but it's an opportunity to, you know, hopefully um, uh, be able to streamline your process to make it easier for yourself and other event organizers. So definitely check that out. Kaleem, um, I have my main question for you, and really the, the reason I had you on the podcast is how on earth are you going to do karaoke during DrupalCon Global? Jeez, I don't know. I don't know how that's... Do you have like a green screen set up in your room? Like, I mean, I do have a green screen, but there's something about the camera and the people. I mean, it, it, if, if J.D. Flynn figures it out, I'm pretty sure he's thinking about it, you know, because he's usually the Drupal... I think he's got the Drupal karaoke handle, Twitter. Um, I'll participate. I mean, I don't see why not. What is currently your go-to uh, karaoke song? Ooh, yeah. I mean, you have you have to have a, you have to have a list. Yeah, but you have to have a go-to. Like you know, short notice. Clean. Get up there. What are you saying? I mean, I'm, I'm. I think I'm still on Bon Jovi right now. How could you? You know, I mean, I mean, it's just everyone loves it. It's it's, it's hard not to do it. It's evergreen. It will never go out of style. No. Living on a prayer or bad medicine. What are we? What are we doing? Yeah, living on a prayer is pretty good. Living on a prayer is pretty good. Uh, what's the other, what's the other big one he's got? Bad medicine. There's usually two. There's usually two of them. Or the um, the the cowboy one. Uh, what's the cowboy one? I'm a cowboy. I'm a yes, cowboy. on a steel horse. Oh, you're not going to make me do it. You're not going to want a dead or alive. Is it want a dead or alive? Is that the name of it? I got my karaoke <laughs> list right here. Here we go. Here we go. I got. Uh, yeah, we have Living on a Prayer. We got uh, Solid. Wanted Dead or Alive. Wanted Dead or Alive. That's it. All right. Man, guess what I'll be listening to tonight? What's that? Bon Jovi. I can't, you know, how do I not? <laughs> you know? You, I'm you, into you, some you, Kings of Leon right now, too. And and Weezer's Say It Ain't So has been pretty fun. All right. Fantastic. Well, Kaleem, always great catching up with you. I'm sure I will run into you in a in a hop-in room. Uh, next, is it next week? Yeah, next. Yeah. Holy cow. Yes. Check out the Drupal Initiatives keynote session. I'll be one of the, the people talking about all the cool initiatives. So don't forget about it. And do you want to uh, perhaps mention maybe on the off chance Drupal Camp Atlanta? Oh, Drupal Camp Atlanta. Call for proposals are open. Get them in. Get them in. We're donating to three different causes. Um, we're excited to go virtual. We've done it before. One of the OGs of it. We used to run this thing called Minicamp Online. So it's something we've done before. So come on, sign up. And when is Drupal Camp Atlanta? Oh, you caught me on that one. Ah. You me. <laughs> is it September 10th and 11th? Is that yes, what it, it is? is? Yes, it is. So thank you. <laughs> September 10th and 11th, 2020. So yes. Yeah, right, fantastic. So what is that? That's the, it's July. So, uh, so two months. You better yeah. get get on the ball. You better get that thing organized, my friend. Yeah. All right. Well, we're booked for 21, too, so we're psyched. All right. Fantastic. All right, Clem. Always great talking to you. All right, sir. Um, have a great rest of your day, and we'll catch you soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
Thank you very much to both of our guests, Jess Snyder and Kaleem Clarkson. Before I let you go, let me quickly mention our two-hour professional local development with DDEV online workshop. Now, this is where you can learn the fundamentals of DDEV to get you up and running on this modern Docker-based local stack development environment. Our next two workshops for this are going to be Tuesday, September 8th, as well as Tuesday, November 10th. And you can get more information and sign up for either of those at drupaleasy.com slash ddev. That's drupaleasy.com slash ddev. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next Drupal Easy podcast.